Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we are doing the ACC preview, and Biggs, there is a big coaching shakeup in the offseason, as Kenny Payne is taking over as a Louisville head coach. I wonder if he'll, I wonder if he'll treat this year like like it's year zero, like a lot of the football coaches seem to at the college level. You got to get your guys in there, base. You, uh, you need like three or four years to, so you have your your recruits in there and coach them up for three, four years before you can really be evaluated. That's what that's what it takes. That's what they yes. say. Yes, but and in other news, um, John Shire replaces John Shire's predecessor as well at Duke. So there's that too. But we're gonna get into all of it right after this. All right, John, the Atlantic Coast Conference, your favorite league. Better in the tournament last year than uh, than anybody would have thought. True. It was not a great season altogether. It was kind of a joke league. We made fun of it for most of the year. Uh, and then they made us eat those words by having a really good tournament run, sending two teams to the Final Four, a team to the Elite Eight. Uh, I believe Jim Beheim made news on Friday making fun of the Big Ten mm-hmm. for sucking in the tournament while the ACC was awesome, which – Something about that feels rich. Fun, fun not, fact about Jim Beheim I learned it's yesterday. Not, not true. I learned this yesterday on the podcast. You said that you're not going to listen to it until after we do our ACC preview. But last year's Jim Beheim's ever first ever season being below 500. That is, is quite the, the rush. Is he the new best coach in the league? Probably. I feel like Coach K. I mean, uh, John Shire's predecessor had more than that. Yeah. All right, before we before we jump into previewing some of the teams, and I've got the league broken down into six different tiers, then we'll we'll, we'll walk through them tier by tier. That's a lot of tiers. It is a lot of tiers. Similar to the number of tiers, some of these teams will probably be shedding <laughs> as the year goes along. Very true. Um, very true. I have some I have some big questions that I want to tackle. Here, let's do this. Each tier we go to, I get to guess who is in that tier. Okay, that sounds good. I I like that. Okay, so tier one. I'm debating putting a third team in there, but I think I'm going to leave it to two teams. It's North Carolina and Duke. Tier one, win the league title slash win a national title. How many teams is there? There are two teams. Okay, so I'm right then. North Carolina and Duke. Okay. Tier two, get someone to know us slash win the league and tournament game again. Okay. Um, I got to look at the roster of teams here. Uh, First team I'll put in there is Virginia. That is correct. I I'm going to guess there's there's one team. Oh, it's just Virginia? Yeah. <laughs> Get someone to notice us. <laughs> Congrats to them being the only Tier 2 team. Um, Maybe win the league. Three, three or four years. Maybe win a tournament game at some point again in our future. <laughs> okay, that works. But, then, but, but if they do lose, but if they do stuff. lose, if they do lose a tournament t- game against the 16th seed, they'll win it the next year. That's, that that ought to be the plan, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Tier three, get good again slash stay good still. Get good again slash stay a, good this still. This is a meaty tier. There's five teams. Okay. I got Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, Notre, Notre Dame, North Carolina State. 
Okay, four out of five. Okay, I will eliminate. These teams are maybe the coolest team name in the league. Gotta be Syracuse then, and I'll eliminate North Carolina State. <laughs> eliminate, eliminate NC State. You're, 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 you're missing a, you're missing a sweet team name. It's also maybe oh. like religious based. Oh, Wake Forest. Yeah, the Demon Deacons. That's they a sick just name. fell off so much last season, and they lost their two studs. Tier four, one team suck less. North Carolina State. Nope. Jeez. Uh, I gotta look up. Syracuse. Wrong. Louisville. Clemson. Wrong. Wrong. Is there one I'm missing here? Georgia Tech? Boston College? Boston College. Boston College. Okay. Tier five. At least we have slash had football. <laughs> have slash had. Yeah. Uh, Clemson and Louisville, just because they lay claim to Lamar Jackson all the time. Nope. Not even though. Not even Louisville. Okay. Clemson though. Yep. Uh, have slash had football. Mostly have football. These football teams are pretty decent. Who's the other one? Well, NC State's got a solid squad. Are they solid this year? Oh, yeah. They're really good. This is a crossover uh, sport podcast here, so good on us. Self-reflection early on. Okay. So that's tier five. I'm, I'm noticing now that these tiers aren't really like necessarily best to worst. It's just whatever classification I could put them into. It's kind of in best to worst, though, sort of. <laughs> it's, it's like a guideline. It's like that yes. pirate code thing. Yes. Uh, Syracuse and Pitt also go in that. At least we have football. Okay. Uh, and then tier six, we don't even have good football anymore. Georgia Tech. I, I thought you were going to do a face shield tier there. Oh, I showed up. Georgia Tech and Louisville go into this one. Both those teams, those football teams even suck. So it's going to be a rough winter for both them and their football teams suck. So uh, I don't know when they're looking forward to. Maybe baseball? <sighs> Track and field? Uh, I heard they're good at field hockey, actually. They got some rowing squads? Yeah. What season is rowing? That's spring. Doesn't feel I'm, like I'm, it would be a winter. I, I'm just picking a season knowing I, I have a 25% chance. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, in Minnesota, it would be a 50% chance, really. It's winter and construction. True. True. <laughs> All right, oh, boy. questions here. I've got, I've got, I've got five. Let's tackle these before we go team by team. Okay. First question: Was UCLA's run or was UNC's run last year to the title game fra UCLA gelent? Fun, fun fact, uh, Biggs. On my way home from the gym yesterday, which that's probably the surprising part is to people listening is that I actually sometimes do leave the gym. Um, no big deal. But I was actually rehearsing my answer to this question in my head yesterday so this is perfect now i get the comparisons um but i'm gonna say no and here's why the ucla run was an 11 seed that barely made the tournament was kind of trending down towards the end of that year going into the tournament and then um johnny juzane just couldn't miss for you know four or five straight games the North Carolina run, on the other hand, was one where they sucked through about January. And like they'd have some good games, but then just ones where it's like, you know, how do you guys even function throughout the day? Because it looks like you can't even walk correctly on the court right now because you guys are that bad right now. Got blown out by Pittsburgh. Yes. And that was kind of the turning point for the season a year ago. It was that game. And I remember probably halfway through the tournament last year looking at Bart Torvik and like you can like filter out the date and if you had set it from like 
mid February through like the end of the year. So at that time, or like the end of March, so about a, a six six week period there, they were like number two or three in the country a year ago. So I get the comparisons where it's you know, and one team's an eight seed, one team's an eleven seed, and they both you know end up making the final four in consecutive seasons, but two very different circumstances where North Carolina was actually trending up going into the tournament and we're able to build on that in a little bit, in a little bit, whereas UCLA was trending down and then just caught fire going into the tournament. So that's a long way of saying no to your question. If I were to tell you UNC was to go 27 and eight this upcoming year, you think that's a, you think that's a, that's a good number. 27 wins. Yeah. Sweet 16. It's tough to say. Even there in seventeen, they're set there uh, when they won it. I think they had seven losses. They're so going to take losses, right? Like, I mean, the yeah, ACC's like twenty-seven eight could take losses. Twenty-seven eight could still be a Final Four team. Doesn't have to be a Sweet Sixteen team. Is my point. But if, but if they won twenty-seven games and bowed out in the Sweet Sixteen in a in a tight oh, okay. in a tight in a tightly contested game where the other team's guard goes Caleb Love on you and and takes you out. That's what happened to UCLA. Yep. Are you asking if I'd be surprised? Would you be shocked? Yeah. No. Me neither. It's a. It's such a. And that doesn't mean that they're the same team. It's just like in the tournament, it's every single game matters that much to every team. Uh, you could apply that same example to the second round or the first round. Yep. So. I agree. If there, yep. are, I, I, the only disappointing thing would be, I guess, I mean, it wouldn't be necessarily super disappointing, but if they're a four seed, I mean, UCLA was a four seed last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think when you start the year ranked in the top three, like UCLA was, and like Carolina will be, you don't want to be a four seed. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, I am gonna. I'm really fascinated by UNC just to see if, you know, how they are they going to be the team that was the second half of the year, or did they just get on a hot bender and do they do they what level is their water at? You know, they have like find its finds its level. So what? What what level are they? I've got a little I've got a little stat I've got some stats for you. I love stats. History is not on history is not necessarily on their side uh, as an eight seed reaching the final four. There have been weird how that happens. There have been seven teams that have reached the final four as a as a eight through. Uh, well, all these all these guys. No, nobody's lower. Ooh, can, than can, 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 can I see how many I can get? An eight through an eight seed or lower since 2012. So in the last ten oh. tournaments, I don't want to do that then. Okay, I'm just going to run them. I'm going to run year by year, and then the following year, how they followed it up. Okay. VCU got to the final four as a 12 seed, or were they an 11 seed? They were an 11 seed in 2012. They reached the second round of the tournament in 2012 as a 12 seed. Butler reached the title game as an eight seed in 2011. Missed the tournament in 2012. Wichita State reached the Final Four as an eight seed in 2013. They lost in the second round of the tournament as a one seed in 2014. So they're a one seed, so they parlayed the next year into pretty good success. They just ran into – remember, that was the team that ran into, like, that loaded Kentucky squad. Somehow Mm. Kentucky was, like, an eight seed. They were kind of like what Carolina was. Oh, yeah. Kentucky, the year after reaching the championship as the eight seed that beat Wichita State in 2014, reached the Final Four as the one seed in 2015, and that was maybe the best team that, to never win a title 
Yep. That Kentucky team in 2015. Remember, it was it was stacked. Yep. The is the hockey lineup team. Yep. Syracuse reached the Final Four as a 10 seed in 2016. Missed the tournament altogether in 2017. Loyola Chicago reached the Final Four as a 12 seed in 2018. Missed the tournament in 2019. And UCLA reached the Final Four as an 11 seed in 2021. Lost in the Sweet 16 in 2022. One of those seven teams made the Final Four the following year. Do you think North Carolina will join that Kentucky team? Or will they fall fate of VCU, Butler, Wichita State, Syracuse, Loyola, Chicago, UCLA? So I guess, so the measuring stick here is Final Four then. Final Four, yeah. That's, that's so what no. We, that's what we hang just, just, just because of the odds of it, I'm going to say no. They're not going to make the Final Four. Oof. If I were to guess, just looking forward, uh, what odds would you give me if I guess their exact seed for the tournament? Uh, how, how many how many Pancheros burritos do I get? Oh, I see. Okay, a Pancheros burrito for no, like no. I'm saying like if I were to guess their exact seed going into the tournament, how many Pancheros burritos do I get? Uh, two. Okay, which is coincidental because that's my guess is two. You think there'll be a two seed? I think there'll be a two seed. That'd be pretty good. That's a yeah. top five to six team in the country. Yeah. Is that is that a board bet? No, I'm not comfortable with that. Ah, oh, darn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next big next big question. Will Duke basketball with an upgraded coach enjoy the next thirty years as much as they've enjoyed the last thirty years? Uh it's probably gonna I think I'm going to answer a different question that you didn't ask. Uh, I think fans that aren't Duke fans will enjoy Duke basketball slightly more than they have the last 30 years. It won't be it's as nause. It won't be as nauseating for them to see Coach K. I'm kind of hoping that like the crowd chants go away, even though sometimes they are fun, but that'll never happen. Um, I'm just hoping that there's less media attention on Duke and they're less of their ESPN's media darling. Yeah, and even if they are ESPN's media darling, can they be ESPN's media darling because they have a kick-ass basketball team and not a obnoxious coach? Yeah, and not just because they hang recruiting banners every year. Which it does seem like they're not slowing down on. No. Well, John Shire has been like their – he's kind of been like how uh, Tommy Lloyd was at Gonzaga, like their best recruiter. And, I mean, we've seen how Tommy Lloyd just in one year has – you know, granted he went to a different college, but I feel like that's almost more impressive that you went to a different college that wasn't your own and made it into a very good team in the first year. So do you think John Shire will, what, what, I guess, what constitutes success for Duke this upcoming year? And do you think John Shire is up to the job as the coach? Do you think he has the chops? He has recruiting chops. Does he have the coaching chops? There's no way of knowing. We've never, I mean, there's been times where we've seen him replace K. Um, either for a full game or halfway through. But it's so tough to know until we see like a five to ten game stretch of his coaching, uh, what's the word, cojones? I- I'm being very political with my responses here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You're not really picking a side. What do you, what do you think? I think he's going to be okay. I mean, it's hard not to, it's hard not to win with, I mean, the talent that he's going to have on this upcoming team is is robust. But I do think it'll be clunky. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's if it's clunky sometimes, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if the, if Duke this year goes through a stretch where where they look like they're underachieving, similar to what North Carolina looked like last year. 
That wouldn't, that wouldn't, I, I almost, I expect that. I do think they're going to be, I, th- I think they're going to be dangerous, very dangerous late in the year. It's it, it generally that's, that's the way it goes with these freshman heavy squads, right? And they've got a freshman heavy squad, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I am, I'm very curious to see how he handles the, the day in day out. Once teams start scouting, like what they, once they get like a scouting report on whatever style he tries to run. I mean, is he going to actually try to implement a style with these kids or is it going to be like, like coach K used to run offense. I mean, he came from the Bob Knight tree where like motion offense was, was like their pillar. And, and because he got all these freshmen, they stopped running stuff because they're like, well, they, they don't, they don't pick up on this stuff quick enough. So we need to just let them be athletes instead of year over year, we get a little better at this stuff and we slowly build and build and build and model and, 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 uh, and and scaffold things like he's just like well we have these guys for one year let's just have them run basically an extension of AAU ball I'm curious if Shire will be smart enough to I, mean, I do think that is a smart move I don't like it I don't like watching that kind of basketball but it makes sense instead of trying to make these guys understand you know different principles and then that you can you can scaffold onto the next year when they're back those guys aren't back is, is Shire going to try to do that kind of thing with guys that aren't going to be around does that take him an adjustment? Because he's going to be he's going to be the new coach, and you know there's going to be a there's going to be a desire to uh, put his imprint on the program, right? He's going to want to try to he's going to want to try to make it his. You know, it's not Coach K's anymore. It's got to be Shire's. Is he going to try to do things that just aren't fitting for uh, a squad full of a bunch of freshmen? What What is a successful first year for him? I think a successful year is. I mean, they're ranked in what the top five it's Duke basketball. So you can't yep. fall off. I mean, he's got a squad full of five stars. I would say a, a successful season would be, you've got to win 25 games. You've got to be in the mix to win the ACC. I would say a top three finish in the league. And sadly enough, recruiting matters. So continue stacking good recruiting classes, have the next, have the next squad look good. Have some of these freshmen look like they're going to be NBA guys. Don't have that season that John Calipari had at Kentucky where following the year that they won the title, they went to the NIT with a bunch of dudes that were supposed to be NBA guys and weren't. Uh, yep. Like that kind of garbage matters at Duke more than it does, it seems like, anywhere else. Yep. And so I think that's I think that would be, in the Duke fans' eyes, successful. And yep. then tournament success is like like second or third, it seems like. Like get to, uh, get to the second weekend at least. Yep. Okay. That's fair. Let's see. Third, uh, let's see. Are we on question three now? I got another question. Yep. How many is there? Five? Five. Okay. How many coaches in this league will still be coaching in this league in 2023? Here, I'll give you I'll give you a kind of a, a list of... Uh, I, some- off the top of my head, Capel's gone. I just have... Capel's going to be gone. He's running out of chances. Yep. Bayheim could retire. I was going to say, old guys like Leonard Hamilton, yep. Jim Laranega, Jim Bayheim. Um, I'd say between Hamilton and Laranega... I'm just going to say they'll still be there. I was going to say between, I was going to do the, the safe thing and be like, one will be gone out of the two. But no, I'm going I'm to say they'll both be there. Other potential like lukewarm slash warm slash getting warmer seats. Uh, let's see. How's Mike Brandt Notre Dame? I'm not really sure. Kevin I think they, they have a good roster this year. If they if they fall flat on the face with the roster they have, I think, yeah, then he could would very well be on the hot seat. Could be one of those where maybe he like does like one of those parachute things where he tries to go get a different job just to get away from the firing squad maybe a year early. AKA Shaka Smart. Yep, something like that. 
Uh, no, he'll be there. Okay. Kevin Keats at NC State. They're going to be trash. They've got They're some good last guys. last in the league last year. Yeah, they do have some. Yeah, that's true. If they – that's the, like, I'm looking at all these stats, but, yeah, then you say they're last, and that's like, okay, they have a lot of – a lot of production coming back from a last place team. If they had, if they still had Sebron, maybe, but he's gone. Um, I, I feel like I have to pick one of these just as far as number wise. So I'm gonna say he's the third person gone. So we're at three now. Brad Brownell at Clemson was my only other one. I'm not really even sure how he's how where where he sits, but they're very good. They have PJ Hall. That's about it. Um, which wasn't it like. Three four years ago, they were really good and didn't do much with it. Yeah, there was a year that they were like they were like a diet Virginia. Yeah, they even got ranked as high as like nine or ten, and then and then they might have played Virginia and gotten smoked. I think it was that COVID year. Besides so here's they were never good. Here's what I would say: if you were to put the over under at three and a half, coach is gone. I'd say under. I I would say <laughs> I would say over. Last year was okay. a, a relatively. Last year was quite lean. Only one new coach in Kenny Payne, to my knowledge. And I think I think I think we'll overcorrect. I think there'll be more than okay. three and a half. Is this a board bet? Let's do it. The thing with this one, we almost have to wait till when do we have to wait till like next season's tip off or Well we probably wait till like the end of the season. Well, there's still like might be like a couple months where they're like, oh, evaluating their coaching options and considering whether they want to fire them or not. Yeah, or coaches or coaches usually, evaluating or coaches evaluating whether or not they want to retire. I don't think a coach is going to retire. I mean, usually if coaches are going to retire, they have to let you know the entire season ahead of time, don't they? <laughs> I was going to come up with a serious <laughs> statement before you came up with that joke. What I was going to say is I think Dean Smith was actually fairly close to like the start of next season. Maybe even within like a month. Yeah, that's that's super rare. Most coaches yeah. are they're gone. They're gone by the time the season's over. Yeah. Very rare, unless it's like a Thad Mata thing where he has to step down in the middle of the summer because of health. Yep. Which I guess I mean with these super old coaches, you never know. But I, I think I think we'll ha- let's put the let's put the deadline at like June thirtieth. I was to say I was I was to say June first, but yeah, June thirtieth. Okay. That oh, and that we'll be we'll be together that day, Biggs. Yeah, there we go. So you could buy yes. me Chipotle or uh, or Panchero. <laughs> Perfect. That'll be our midnight snack. The guy in the kick-ass suit. Yes. <laughs> Throwing his life away. No, no, I'm very happy. <laughs> blink if blink if you're under duress. <laughs> There's a gun right off camera, just pointed right at me. <laughs> All right. Next question: Is Virginia ever going to be good again? This year. You think it's this year that they're finally good again? They won the national title in 2019. It feels like they've been just completely off the map yep. for the last like three years. No, I'm actually very high on them this year. I, they are definitely my third best team. Okay. They are also. What, what was your tier for them? They're, they they only <laughs> get someone to notice us slash win a league and uh, maybe a tournament game again. I'm noticing before the season even started. So that's how good they are. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You see them. You're you're sitting at the bar. They you, they just walked in with a with a pretty little sundress and. Uh, okay. I asked them, "Are you from Nashville?" Because you're no, that's not it. Are you from Nashville? Because you're the only ten I see. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. 
You've never heard that? No. Okay. I like that though. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> you're just waiting for your wife to wake. You're, you're like staring at your wife while she's still sleeping, just so you can say that right away. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I have to say it to my wife, don't I? <laughs> All right, last question. This is a bit of a throwaway one, but I was like, I need to come up with five because we always have to come up with five questions. It has to be either three or five. It cannot be a different number than that. Can Wake Forest slash Virginia Tech continue their league ascension? Virginia Tech's head coach uh, is Mike Young coming over Who? from the SoCon. Who? <laughs> it, it, wait, it's not everybody just named Mike. <laughs> I'm going to do it for Mike or Jones. Okay, <laughs> Uh, and Wake Forest, coached by Steve Forbes. Both coaches are coming over from the SoCon. Well, they've been over here now for, what, two or three years. Um, it seems like both those teams have made significant headway from where they were three, four, five years ago. Both, Well, actually, Virginia Tech was always good. But both those teams seems like they've been have been climbing the ladder. Wake Forest uh, was in the tournament mix basically all year last year. A non-conference schedule that was kind of a joke did them in. Virginia Tech won the ACC conference tournament. Both teams should be strong again. What is going on? I don't know. He's losing it, though. He's very fired up. So is the question, are both going to ascend, or which one's going to ascend more this year? I was just going to say, will they continue their ascension? Their ascension. Will they continue? Okay. Will they stay in the mix, or will one of them kind of fall off? I have a feeling Wake Forest is going to fall off a little bit. You know, they do lose their two studs from a year ago, Alondis Williams and Jake LaRavia, which Williams, yeah, he was he was player of the year last year because I remember North, yeah, Carolina, awesome. North Carolina fans were up in arms that it wasn't Baycott. Um, they add Tyree Appleby, so your note on that is probably Florida because, you know, he's from Florida. He but then he went somewhere. He was somewhere else too, Cleveland State. No, I, right here it says Florida, so I'm not sure if they're – Going with the best, I'm not sure. Yeah, he went from he went to Florida <laughs> second. Okay, okay. Um, add Davion Bradford from Kansas State, Andrew Carr, lo- lots of transfers coming in. It's going to be tough to mesh, but I think weren't was Laravia transfer a year ago? I know Williams was for sure. Yeah, both of them were. Okay, so I mean, Steve Forbes has shown the history at Wake Forest of getting transfers in and coaching them up and getting them you know, to play along with the, the the rest of the guys pretty soon. So I guess he has shown that in the past. Um, so, and I got to look at Virginia Tech here. Neither um, team is going to be particularly robust on paper, right? Yeah. That's not, that's not where neither. I mean, Lalondis Williams last year was a nobody and same with Jake I, Laravia. So do you tough. believe in, do you believe in their coach to be able to find the next Lalondis Williams and Jake Laravia, so to speak? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, I'd say between the two, I'd give the edge to Wake Forest. If you're asking that, like which team I think will ascend more. Um, but Virginia Tech, it's gonna be tough to replace the loss of Kevin Aluma and Nahim Aline and Storm. My my favorite favorite weatherman on a basketball team, Storm Murphy. So my answer to that is one of them will continue to ascend, but I I, I think both teams will take a step back. Which so that means they're not ascending. So no, neither team are ascending. Is Louisville ever going to get good again? I don't think so. You don't think who, the Kenny Payne hire was a good one? Who Who do you think is going to be their head coach when they're good again? 
That's a great question, actually. I like yeah. that a lot. I like that one a lot. I bet you I'm they're gonna, good I'm again. I'm gonna go with Russ years. Smith. Russ Smith. Russ Smith is the head coach. I'm yeah. gonna say, what about Wes Miller? Could be get back to the ACC. He's a, he's a relatively young dude. Maybe he stays at Cincinnati for a couple more years, or maybe which 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 SoCon coach? Which team is Bob Ritchie coaching a year from now? That would have been a good one because he's the he's the next hot SoCon coach. Okay. ACC likes to likes to recruit that SoCon region pretty good. All right, those are my big questions. Let's go into uh, some of the tier the tier team the the the, the tier breakdowns. Okay. Let's Which break one? down we, some tiers. Should we start with one? Do you want to start with – you pick the number, one through six. All right. We'll go with three. Let's go in some just ops, absolutely terrible order. Let's go with three because I think that was the most meaty. It was a meaty tier. This is the get good again slash stay good still tier. I'll give you the team. You can, you can pick the team. Miami, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Wake Forest, Notre Dame. Excuse me. Um, I'm gonna go Notre Dame. Fight because, Nine. and the big question here is: Is Nate Lashevsky ready to be the most famous Shevsky in a conference? He's got Ooh. some big shoes to fill, um, left by John Shire's predecessor, and he comes in. God, this guy can shoot. They have two guys who averaged. from the field and 45% from three a year ago. Nate Lashevsky and Dane Goodwin, both returning. They get Cormac Ryan back, another great shooter. 45% from the field, 40% from three-point range. A third guy, or a fourth guard, Marcus Hammond, coming over from Niagara. Guard who averaged 18 points per game, averaging 43% from the field, 37% from three-point range. They if also starts, have. If he starts shooting threes, they need to say like it's raining like Niagara Falls. Oh, I love that. Especially if he plays against Syracuse. Except were they saying it a year ago? I hope they were. Yeah, they probably didn't know who Marcus Hammond was. <laughs> they also have a top twenty recruit, JJ Starling. Great name. He's like the From the story right? If he's a star, like the 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 phrases are just writing themselves at that point, but. Shooting guard coming over from used like as you said, La Lumiere. He figures to start. Um, the only thing they don't have a ton of depth from what I say that see, they do have one other uh top 100 recruit coming in, a power forward in Ben Allen Lubin. I believe I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they do have some production to replace from a year ago. They do lose Blake Wesley, who he was he one and done, he was expected yeah. to be a one and done, but he just dominated a year ago. Paul Atkinson and Prentice Hub. So I like Notre Dame. I think they're a tournament team. Yeah, I think I have Notre Dame fourth in, in my in my preseason kind of like power rankings of the ACC. I, I put Notre Dame four. I love Dane Goodwin. I think he's a Dark Horse player of the year candidate. Um if 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 you're right, if Shesky can turn into the new best Shesky, if he can if he can live with being how well he handles being the only Shesky on the block. Will be telling because he was a 13 point a game and like six rebound a game guy two years ago. Last year, he wasn't very good. He, he averaged like nine a game or, or his stats took a step back. We'll put it that way. Yep. Um, they don't have a lot of size either. Uh, like they've, they've got a really good core of guards, you know, Dane Goodwin, Cormac Ryan, Trey Wirtz, JJ Starling, Hammond. I mean, that's like five solid guards. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they'll play a lot of like four out, really five out, four guard lineups, but they just don't have a lot of, a lot of beef. Yep. This is, this is a very like old school Duke kind of team, to be honest with you. You know, they always talk about how Mike Bray is like, he's like coach K's, he, you know, they always said he was maybe one of the like coach K candidate types and then successor rankings. Yeah. And like, and then he like beat coach K one too many times, probably where he's like kind of off the list. Yep. This Notre Dame team is kind of like an old school Duke squad with a bunch of white dudes who could shoot, a bunch of guards, no big guys, even their big guy can shoot, kind of soft, and then one kind of athletic, kind of juicy guard. And that's what I think Starling can be. I think he's going to be one of the best freshmen in the league. He's a 6'4", kind of combo guard, really strong slasher, high-level scoring package. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a squad. I like it. I love Dane Goodwin. He's, he's one of my favorite players in the league. Him and Starling, I think, is going to be a really, really good one-two punch. Another thing I see here, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, from the looks of it, like rotational guys at least, who are all redshirt seniors. That's that's Mike Brace's thing. He's always he's obsessed with the get old, stay old model. That's what he wants to do. Uh, unfortunately, at Notre Dame, like it's it, 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 they better be good now because if they're not good this year, uh, they're in they're in they're in line for probably some lean years because. It does feel like hasn't doesn't it feel like it's been kind of building towards this for about three years for them? Like they've been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. They had a really good run like five years ago, five to ten years ago, where they were awesome, and they went to like multiple elite eights in a row, and then and then it fell off. And he was like, "We just got we gotta we gotta rebuild this whole thing." And yep. he's been given the time. He's been given the time to rebuild it over the last three or four years. <laughs> last year they got to the tournament, they were okay, but I don't think they were they weren't like great by any stretch they were they were fine can this team be better than last year's team i think it can but i think, I think it will I, I think it will too but i do worry a little bit about just the lack of i, I do think their depth as a whole i think their perimeter depth is solid i'm a, I'm a little scared of, of what they've got up front with they're going to be relying on venel and lubin and dom campbell a little bit those two freshman bigs and uh, that scares me but i love i love the perimeter all right, you pick one. All right, let's do – we kind of already talked about – And these ones that we've already talked about, we can go a little shorter on, but – Yeah, um, let's let's do that. Let's do a Wake forest Vatech combo preview since kept, we already kind of did those two teams. And I will start with Virginia Tech because they have maybe my favorite individual player in the league in Justin Mutz, 6'7", uh, swingman who's back. I have just an all caps for him, stud. He's he's awesome. <laughs> here's a here's another little note I've got. Hunter Couture and Sean Padula were both uh, were both kind of rotation guards for them last year. That's like a home. How do you how do you like this? They're the homeless man's college version of the Splash Bros. Sure. Huh? Yeah. No. I'll go with it. I I think it tracks. <laughs> You really want me to like this one, like yeah, I really do. I really. This want is you like to. when you. This is when like you like pick out a TV show for you to watch with your significant other, and you're like staring at them, be, seeing if they like it. How I Met Your Mother, and exactly refuses to. It doesn't make sense to me. Divorce her. I, I thought about it. It's, okay. She won't let me. Okay. She's clingy. A little bit. She's fast though too, so I can't outrun her. <laughs> I, I like that too. I like those two guards, Padula and Couture. I don't think they're going to be able to guard a single person. And, but I, but I envision like, 
I envision like when, when teams like they're going to run up against teams that are more athletic, that will eventually like lock them down when teams really try. But you know, like, you know how in the NBA, like you talked about how like teams don't really try super hard. Like they, they always say, like when you're playing against some garbage team in the middle of January on the second half of a back-to-back, it gets really, really specifically like vague. And that's when, that's when teams, that's when you see, like you need those high energy guys who are going to get you through just kind of those, those games in the meat of the season where not everybody's really all the way there mentally. I feel like this Virginia tech team has a chance to like pick on some really like not maybe great teams or some athletic teams who play stupid because of the way they move the ball and they, they pass and they cut their guards, Padula and Couture look like the guys, probably the last guys you'd want off the bus or maybe the first guys off the bus. But as long as they're carrying like the water bucket, because they probably look like water boys, but they can really, really shoot. And I feel like there, there's going to be games where those two guys combine for like eight, nine, 10 threes pile up a ton of points and Virginia tech looks like it looks like they're, they're running, they run that Princeton offense, you know, where they're just passing and cutting. Uh, it's going to look really pretty. Uh, I think it can get got when, when they play teams with some athleticism that are, that are really locked in. But I think there's going to be some fun nights. All right. How about and you? I'll... Sorry. I was just kind of waiting for my turn to talk. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I got off. I got off. No, got no, off. that's fine. Um, I don't have a ton of big Virginia tech thoughts up outside really what you said. They do have, they replace a lot. That's my only thing for them. So I think they will take a step back. Like, do you think this is a tournament team? That's my question here. With losing Kevin Aluma, losing our favorite uh, weatherman on a basketball team, Storm Murphy. I think they're probably just outside. I bet you late in the year when like they do like the the the, the they're counting like the bubble watch. You know, you've got like the last four in, then you've got the first four out, then you've yep. got the next four out, and then you've got like the next four out. You think they're there? I think they're in the mix of like that next four out slash next, next four out type of thing. Okay. Where like to get in the tournament, they're going to have to win. They're going to have to make yep. another run like they did last year in the tournament, in the yep. ACC tournament. Yeah. Cause yeah, going in, wasn't it talk for the longest time? What, like, is this going to be a one, one bid league? Uh, mostly by our least favorite person at the field, field of six. Yeah. I mean, I think that was, it was, it was, it, really it's, a, it was it's a job. Yeah. It's just clickbait on his part. And it was it kind of like, of, a, it was like, could this league get three teams? I mean, there, there weren't many good right. teams. Their, fl- yep. their resumes were flimsy. Yep. And so I, I have them in my little rankings that I did, I have them seventh. Yeah. And I think that- if I had to set the over under in the league, I'd put probably five. Again, five or five point five. So you're saying, so you're okay. If it's five point five, let me see here. (sighs) Duke, Carolina, or not Louisville, Virginia. I don't know why I said Louisville. Uh, Florida State. So that's four, and then we're. I'd put Notre Dame in there. I'd go over five point five because I think my I think those four: North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Florida State, Notre Dame, Miami. Yeah, I I think that's what I have too. That's my top six. Yeah. So okay. I think those six probably get in yeah. and then maybe another one, but I don't know. I don't think seven teams are getting in. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Um, do lose a lot, uh, including the ACC player of the year from a year ago. They're going to try and, uh, you know, replenish. They do have Davion Williamson coming back who averaged 11 points per game. Um, Tyree Appleby and Andrew Carr coming over from Florida and Delaware respectively both averaging double figures and then Davion Bradford also coming over from Kansas State to round out a fairly solid rotation I I guess Davion Bradford only averaged like three points per game I'm not even sure why I'm talking about him 
But well, he averaged eight points a game and six rebounds as a freshman in 21. So can he get back to can he can he forget that the sophomore slump happened? You know, sometimes that that sophomore slump is a thing. You know, we we talk about how how the best, the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Sometimes sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes the best thing about freshmen is that they they got to enjoy their freshman year. <clears throat> You know, and and Davion Brad, yeah, Davion Bradford was 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 looked like a player as a freshman, and then he just never really took the next step. Maybe he can take the next step with a with a new situation. They also bring in Maris transfer, the Mac rookie of the year last year in Jawatuka. He was a fifteen point a game kind of guard who can who can really shoot it. I mean, he's an efficient an efficient scorer. Now it's a big jump from the Mac. Not to very. The you, you when you say him, when you say he can crazy. shoot it, when you say he can shoot it. Uh, I see he averaged twenty two percent from three point range. Yeah, but he but he shot like over fifty percent from the field. Is he a mid range guy? Is he a uh, Demar Derozan? Yeah, I think he's more of a slasher, get to the rim type. Okay. So, yeah, not a great long range shooter, but I, I do think that that I mean he's probably going to be like a rotation guy, right? I mean he's probably not going to be a starter and and a stud, but I kind of like their their guard core. I mean Appleby and Williamson is a solid a solid pair in the backcourt and you got Andrew Carr and, and Atuka as kind of rotation guys, Damari Manazzo or Mons, Damari Monsato. Uh, he was a 16 minute a game guy last year for them transferring over from East Tennessee state. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a jump in his second year playing in the league, he followed Forbes. Yeah. Um, and then Cameron Hildreth was a, was a freshman who had moments last year as a, as a rotation guy. I think their depth is actually better than, then maybe it, it might seem. I just don't know if they have a guy like who's their best player. You know, I, I I don't know. That's not that's where it's that's where it might get lean. It's like they got a bunch of guys who would be good fourth best players. <laughs> All right. So who are there? Are two other teams this tier, this media yeah, tier we have here. The Florida, the Florida teams, Florida State and Miami. Ooh, uh, one is very Florida Statey. The other is not. Peak Florida State. Last year, Florida State. Let's do Florida State. I'll let you go, and I'll take Miami. Okay, fun fact. 12 guys last year from Florida State played at least 11 minutes a game. Like, if that's not Florida state I don't know what is. Who 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 can ever be more Florida state than Florida State? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. But really Florida state Yes, I like Florida State this year. They lose a lot of those 12 guys. But they bring back <laughs> arguably their two best ones in Matthew Cleveland and Caleb Mills. I think Cleveland is a – I think he's another guy who could be like in the – the mix for player of the year. Sophomore breakout guy. Yep. He was, he was okay last year. (laughs) And, you know, he, he's probably one of the better, you know, outside of like the Duke guys, he's probably like the best in terms of like next level prospects in the conference. He's six, seven. He's long. He's rangy. He's a good ball handler. He's a decent shooter. Can he get better as an outside shooter? That's, that's maybe the big step for him, but I, I, I think he's he's in the I think he's going to be a big time piece for them. Uh, you know, Caleb Mills had a nice year for them coming over from Houston. He's he's solid. He's back. He's another big long guard. He's like six three, six four. And then they bring back Cameron Cameron Fletcher, Naheem McLeod. Who hey, if you're worried that Florida State's not going to have just an absolute titan on the on the court, uh, don't worry because Naheem McLeod. Okay, he's seven foot four, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Where do they find these guys? I'm telling you, like, the, is there a is there a seven foot four academy somewhere <laughs> in the world, and they're just camped outside of it all the time? Like, oh, hey, you want to come play for us? Is, 
Titus is all over this. Like Leonard Hamilton probably came up with his own like recruiting base. He like pays off all these coaches who have these guys and he just plugs it into an algorithm. And like, he's got the hookup on, on everybody who's like just enormous. <laughs> uh, Jalen Warley's back as well. Another kind of swing rotation guy. They bring in Darren Green to transfer from UCF, who I, I want to say was a double figure scorer in the, in the American. So gives you a little more guard depth. And then I love their freshman class. I mean, they bring in a, a really solid freshman class. Baba Miller is a top 50 center. So when Naheem McLeod maybe gets in foul trouble or just gets tired of running and screening everybody, yep. he'll come in. Coach on, board, coach on board of this. Can I shoot it? No, come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sit here and think of what you did. Uh, Deontay Green, top 100 power forward. His rank, his recruiting ranking is like, he's like in the 90s, but I think he's going to be a high-level impact guy for, for Florida State um, before it's all said and done. I think he'll have a good freshman year as just kind of a high-energy power forward type. He was a guy that I think is going to be really solid. Cameron Carran, he's a top 100 center. So, like, you're bringing in three big guys. So, they're going to have a ton of size. Uh, and then Chandler Jackson's a four-star combo guard. I, I think this team has a chance to be extremely Florida state again. I love and it. if you're Florida state plus you have high-level guys like Cleveland and Mills who are, like, all-conference caliber, I think that's recipe for a top potential top-four finish. All right. What, what, what would you be more disappointed in Florida state being bad or Florida state being good, but not in a Florida state way. I can't even imagine Florida state not being Florida state. Like what if when was the like last time they weren't, what if like three years from now, like everyone on their team either transfer leaves, but they get the number one recruiting class, you know, similar to like this year's class from Duke, like that sort of caliber. And they just start doing the one and done era. How disappointed would you be? But they're really well, good. That's not Leonard Hamilton. That's not my Leonard Hamilton. But he's gone by then. Um, yeah, it's he has uh, to. Florida State. It's uh, Chris Winky is coach their Kane new head coach. Of <laughs> yeah. Starts doing the chop on the sidelines. But no, uh, it's not 2022. It's 2022 right now. You can't. You can't even do that, can you? I think they're. Uh, I think they're right around that fifth to fourth. Like, who do we say is the fourth? Do we say Notre Dame is our fourth team? I, I did. You, you, yeah. You that, you I'm kind of saying that's where I'm kind of at. I'd say they're challenging for that fourth spot. I think Virginia's three, but like it's between like Notre Dame and Florida State for that fourth spot. So very good team. Um, I expect them to be in the tournament. Um, you know, absent any major injuries or anything like that. I like this team. Now, Miami, Bigs, good team here. They uh, kind of underwhelmed throughout the year, but then they, they go on this tournament run. They make the Elite Eight a year ago as, were they like an 11 seed? There's something like that. And they do lose some guards. They lose Cameron McGuss. They lose Charlie Moore. They lose a post player in Sam Warrenberg. But they get two of their guards coming back, Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller. They also get one of the NIL darlings from the summer in Nigel Pack coming over from Kansas State. Gets a, wasn't it like two-year, $800,000 deal with some life wallet. That's it. Uh, they get a post player coming over from Arkansas State in Norshad Omier. Um, I'm looking at their recruiting from this year as well as last year. And last year they had a couple of top 100 guys, Bensley Joseph and Ja'Kai Robinson. Uh, Bensley Joseph, you know, at, played about 13 minutes per game, didn't do much. But, you know, I always look for those kind of sophomore breakout candidates. So him and Ja'Kai Robinson, except Ja'Kai Robinson technically is a redshirt freshman, did not play a year ago. Uh, so a couple breakout guys there. And then they also add in two more top 100 guys this year, AJ Casey and Christian Watson. I'm a little concerned on Christian Watson, though, Biggs. It's going to be tough 
handling uh, playing from Miami and being a wide receiver for the Packers um, at the same time. So Rogers doesn't he say about it? He won't be on the team much longer. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But you know, maybe after the NFL season is over, Christian Watson can focus on basketball, and then he, he late season breakout candidate right there. I think you're I think you're missing the boat here on uh, on Miami a little bit. It, the, the real key here is is Miami competing against other teams or are they competing against each other for shots so that they can get more NIL money? It's interesting because. Isaiah Wong was what is the story there? Had he signed one, like signed an NIL deal, but then sees Nigel Pack get this a monster one and he wanted more? Let's go with that. Yeah. I think that's what happened. And so then he's I don't know if he's tweeting or what the what what the deal was, but he's basically almost demanding more money, which um I mean you can try and do in everyday workplaces, demand more money, demand more pay, but not gonna work out in your favor the more times than not, I would say. I think he got, did he get more money though? I'm not sure. I assume he did. Otherwise he would have transferred. And I think he would have been pretty coveted on the transfer market. Um, either way, even if he did get more money, I mean, if he didn't get more money then oh boy, then I think, then I think we're in trouble if you're Miami, because I do think Isaiah Wong versus Nigel Pack <laughs> could be potentially a really big thing. Those are your two best players. Probably not great if they're fighting for shots. Um, if he did get more money, that's great. But also, is he going to be irritated and trying to get more money so he's just going to hunt more shots? I think there's a potential that that is one of the one of the things that that gets at this Miami team because if those two guys are good, I mean Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong, that's that's potentially on paper, you know, one of the better duos in the conference. And those yep. two guys are awesome. Isaiah Wong is is terrific, and, and Nigel Pack is really really necessary for them because they lose <sighs> losing Augusty. Losing Wardenburg really, really digs into like the shooting, which is what Miami was that made them so dangerous last year. Is they had those dynamic, explosive guards, but they also could space the floor with a ton of really good shooting around them, and that that allowed Wong and 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 Charlie Moore to really get into gaps, get to the paint, make plays. You know they don't have that as much anymore. Nigel Pack is a really good shooter, and he's he's going to be the guy that has to be kind of a gunner for them. <laughs> I'm worried that he's going to get, I'm worried that I'm worried that Isaiah Wong is going to be like, it's, it's, it's my time right now. I'm going to go get more money. Could be, but I do think they're good. I mean, on paper, I think on paper, you know, that's, that's coming into like the, the, the psychology of things a little more than, than I prefer to try to get into. I'm not a psych major. And so I think strictly on paper, I mean, Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller's a solid kind of two way foreman who can kind of do the dirty work. They always seem to Miami when they have good teams, always have kind of an underappreciated, four man like that. And, and I think Jordan Miller is kind of the next one. Um, okay. I'm intrigued if, if that Omir is actually good when I mean, he's six, seven, he's like six, seven. He's like two ten. That's if, if that's the big guy in the league, like that's, I, I don't think that works, but maybe it's, you know, teams have played small ball before and, and done fine with it. I like Anthony Walker. He's back as well. He's a kind of a bench guy that I think could be a, a breakout dude. He's kind of a six nine, long, rangy kind of foul, like a four man type. And then you're right; they do bring in a couple of four star freshmen, um, big guys as well. That and that could be important. I, I love their guards. It's another team where it seems like a lot of teams in this league are either loaded on the perimeter or loaded up front, and they have nothing on the other side. Like they they went they went in with like a draft, and they just got all big guys and no guards, <laughs> or all guards and no big guys. I think this Miami team is a little guard dependent. All right. All right, let's do this, Biggs. Uh, we we went through three. T 
tier three. Let's go through what let's go through four, five, and six and touch up on anything we haven't talked about already. And then we'll finish we'll finish at the end with the tiers one and two. I like that. Tier four is gonna be a short one. That one is just remember one team, it's suck less. Boston College. Boston College, that's easy because they're first uh alphabetically. Uh I've my notes are they have Makai Ashton Langford, and I actually like that name. They also have Damar Langford and Jaden Zachary. Three guys who averaged double figures last year. Six of their top seven minute getters are back. I don't think they were god awful last year. They weren't great, but they weren't like horrendous, were they? Like know. they weren't like six and twenty eight. They're thirteen and twenty. So like yeah, okay, under five hundred. That's pretty bad, but it's not god awful. Can nope. they be sixteen and fifteen? Can you get five hundred? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Actually, another note I have: uh, they haven't been good since they had Jared Dudley. That was a long time ago. God, those those Boston College teams are sick too. Yeah, they Frank were. Smith, Tyrese. That Rose. was I couldn't think of the other guard they had with uh, Dudley, but yeah, that's that's the one I was thinking of. Tyrese Rice. No, Craig Smith. Well, he was a big guy. Was he a big? His nickname was the Rhino. There's someone else then. He There's was like some... six seven two fifty. Because Ty- Tyrese Rice doesn't ring a bell in my head. Sean Marshall. Yeah. Sean Marshall. Sean Marshall I, at first, I heard John Marshall, and I think I was like, "That's not it." Then I was like, "Sean, yeah, that's who it was." Yeah. Sean he was another, they ran that flex offense, and they ran it like super tight compared to a lot of teams. Like they were just like working the elbows, like like a madman, an analytics nightmare. But yep. God, it was fun to watch. All right, and that was tier four. Okay, tier, tier five, five. At least we have football. There's two or three. Was there two? There's there's four teams in this one. Four teams. There was yep. NC State, Syracuse, Clemson. Was he at Louisville? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. John, you got to think about the football teams in this league. Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll go with them. Um, Jeff Capel is going to be fired this year. Um, I'm just looking at the team. John Hugley is a – he's like – he's kind of a first or second team con- all-conference type candidate. So he is definitely their large. best player. And uh, looking at like their recruiting, they have a top 100 guy. But it kind of appears like he might, might never play for them. Um, he's in some legal battles. Yep. Um, Dior Johnson sounds like some, uh, we'll say domestic assault type stuff. Top so, 50 uh, recruit transfer portal guy waiting to happen. Yep. He so, committed uh, to Syracuse, then he committed to Oregon. Now he's at Pittsburgh. So where's that? What's that tell you? Well, so he, he had three commits before even being a freshman in college. Yeah. That that's a red flag right there. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> and the one he committed to is by far the worst one. So it wasn't yes. like he was getting, he wasn't like committing to somewhere and then his stock went up. So he's like, Ooh, actually I'll go to this school instead. Cause it's better. Yep. <laughs> like, Ooh, options are dwindling. Nobody wants you actually. <laughs> they have a couple other guys. Nelly Cummings coming over from Colgate. Kind of a, you know, all dentists uh, recommended this transfer target. Um, Jamarius Burton. Was he, was he Texas tech a couple years ago? He started at Wichita State, and then he went to Texas Tech for a year, and then he went to Pitt and was pretty good last year. He's a good defensive yeah. guard. Yeah. Um, but, no, if they had Dior Johnson, maybe you could – maybe they'd be a worthwhile team to watch. Uh, but I highly doubt he's going to play a single game for them this year or ever. I actually kind of like the guard, the guard core. Again, it's another one of those teams where, like, they have – I don't mind, I think, Burton, Cummings, uh, Greg Elliott's a transfer from Marquette. Like, he's a decent – bench dude like he can he can guard not much of a not much of a scorer but he's he's okay and then Nikkei Sabandi was a role player in 2021 tore his ACL so he missed all of last year he's another guy who can like I thought he was going to be a breakout guy for them last year before he got hurt so they got four guards that I think could be 
I'm like, okay. And then you got, and then you got big man, John Hugley inside. I mean, he's a load six, nine, two sixty five. Don't get in that guy's way. Mm-hmm. I do think Jeff Cable will probably get fired though. You're probably right. Yeah. Bye. Bye Jeff. But Bye. Uh, jo- jo- John Shire's predecessor will come to his defense no matter what. Dropping the bag. Yep. Maybe Dr. Johnson plays. Maybe Dr. Johnson reminds us all that he should have been like a. He was at one point like a five star recruit. The the press clippings about him possibly playing would be uh, bad news bears. Yes, they would. Um, let's see. You had three other ones. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, let's just work bottom to top. So I had. Well, we started with Pitt, and I had them actually ahead of Clemson and NC State. But let's do Clemson and NC State. Okay. Let's do NC State. I think they're going to suck, too. Okay. They have one good guy, Turkavian. Yeah, Turquavian Smith. Is it Quavian? I think it's Kavian. Turkavian Smith? Yeah. Okay. Well, he averaged 16-point a game as a freshman. My guess is this dude's going to take a lot of shots this upcoming year because he's probably going to be trying to – he's going to be in, like, boost my draft stock mode. I feel like he's going to be like – he looked in the mirror and he's going to be like, I'm Allen Iverson. My, my prediction for this team is they're going to beat – out of their four total matches with against Duke and North Carolina, they'll win one of those games. And then the fans will be ridiculously obnoxious on Twitter. It won't make any sense because exactly. they're terrible. Yeah. That is my prediction for them. Hey, they have DJ Burns. He was the big self player of the year last year at Winthrop. He's another large individual. He's 6'9", 275. I remember him at Winthrop. He's a guy who can, like, he can go get buckets. Like, he's got pretty good he's post a bucket. moves. He's massive. Uh, he's going to be horrendous defensively, I bet, though. 62% from the field. That's pretty good. Yeah, like, he's he's an efficient guy. He can he can get buckets, again. But um, I, I I don't know. The, 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 the other guards, I mean, you're going to have Quavion, and then you're going to have... Casey Morsell and Jarkel Joyner, which is, I don't know, blah. So, yeah, I think the Wolfpack are going to kind of stink. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Keats starts hearing it. And I, Maybe Kevin Keats doesn't get fired, but I bet you he could be a guy that he's a prime find a new job to get ahead of the firing squad kind of situation, I bet. All right. All right, give me a team. Who am I talking about? Syracuse? Clemson. Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is gone. Um, he is quarter. Wait, no, that's not right. Um, is he a system quarterback? He was good at Clemson. He's not even. Good I know at the NFL. it's weird. Like I thought he might have like a Joe Burrow second year thing, but like it, it would have even been different there because Joe Burrow was injured his whole first year. Right. So I don't know. It's just weird. Um, but no, my notes for uh, Clemson is PJ Hall. Um, I had a, I, I thought he was going to transfer in the off season because I had heard like rumors of North Carolina being a destination before Nance ever got there. But all I have there is PJ Hall. Hunter Tyson's another good guy up front. Um, Brevin Galloway in an in-conference transfer from Boston College at the guard position. He um, shot like 30% from the field, though. No. Yeah, he did. That's not very good. So that's that's not great that he's like one of your starting guards. Yeah. But this team is going to go through uh, PJ Hall. And so... I just don't have high expectations. It's tough. It's tough to get a behind a team that goes through their post player that much. Well, especially when the post player. And, is, I mean, PJ Hall's a nice player, but like he's he, not. Yeah, and nothing against him. Five post guy in the league. I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, no, that's rough. Like their guards are horrendous. They lose Alamir Dawes, Nick Honor, and David Collins are all gone. That's your top three guards. 
Chase Hunter and Alex Hemingway are the, the only guards back, and like they're not even really true guards. You're relying on a Boston College kid who shot 30% from the field. Like, you know, I like Hunter Tyson. Him and P.J. Hall is all right. I think R.J. Godfrey and Dylan Hunter, the two freshmen, like they're top 150-ish guys. Like, you know, one of those guys is going to have to way play above their recruiting ranking if this team's going to be any any good. Yep. That's uh, why let's, will be. Yep. So who's the last one we got here? Cuse. The Orange. What do you think <laughs> about them? I know your dog doesn't like I that. I got my big dog fired up. Yeah. He's yeah. like, hell yeah. <laughs> no more Bayheims except for the coach. I know that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Probably a bad thing because they needed the they needed Buddy. Yeah, you're probably right. I put yeah. good or bad thing with a question mark and probably is a bad thing. You're right. Yep. I think Joe Girard could be fun though. He averaged 14 points, four assists. He's a guy that just seems like he can potentially he's like a he's like a broke man's jimmer. Is that a good thing? I don't know. What do, what do you how do you feel about that comp? Like a like a diet homeless guy's jimmer for net. And yes, it's I, because he's white. Why is Syracuse not on here? I'm on a drop down, like I'm on like the college basketball recruiting site for uh, ESPN. I go to the drop down, Syracuse just isn't there. Hmm. Are they, they not in D1 recruits. anymore? I mean, they bring in three solid recruits. Judah Mintz is a top 50 combo guard. I was going to say, because I want to see how high, highly rated he was. So, yeah, Judah Mintz, they have Justin three, Taylor and, three uh, other four-star guys. Six, six kind of wings. Yep. So, I think this is this is a – we've talked about, like, one-year-away teams. This is, like, a two-year-away teams. And my prediction for who their coach will be at that time, Jerry McNamara. Is he one of the assistants right now, GMAC? Maybe. I wonder I'm just, if he'll keep the 2-3 the, the zone going. I hope so. Can you imagine if Syracuse decided to just, like, start playing 40 minutes of hell basketball? Didn't they do man defense one year? Like, within the last five years? Really? Or maybe they announced it and tried it for a game. They're like, yeah, this doesn't work. It was something like that. Because I, no I remember them basically announcing it. Oh. Yeah, it's like that. That's you. like that. That's like a you know how like uh, you know, other teams put up press releases like so and so suspended. Syracuse puts up press releases where it's like we're switching up our defense. We're gonna we're gonna this has worked for us, but we're actually gonna play man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have worked many years ago. Like I feel yeah. like back in back when Syracuse was in the Big East and they were actually like bringing in big time level recruits and like a powerhouse, they probably should have played man. Playing yeah. two three zone is like you have superior athletes. Play, play man. Increase your possessions. Like, they played they, – they leaned into playing so slow. It's like they only won one title, but, like, they had teams that were good enough to probably win another couple titles. Uh, playing 2-3 zone for, for this many years probably cost Jim Beheim a couple titles. I, I, I will say that. I think having, uh, having superior athletes, you want more possessions. Uh, they never did that. Now, I, I think this is going to be, like, one of those really, really typical – of the last 10 years, Syracuse teams. What I, what I mean by that is like, I've associated Syracuse with being the team that plays like literally six guys. I feel like they're going to have no depth. So like Joe Girard is going to have to average, he's going to average like 39 minutes a game. Yep. Uh, going back to your question from five minutes ago. Uh, I do think that's a fair comparison to uh diet Jimmer or four man's Jimmer or whatever yeah. it was. It was something like that. Uh, Cause he did have like those games where he just make seven threes a year ago. So he's like a flamethrower occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but whenever I think of Joe Girard, I think he's a catcher for the New York Yankees. <laughs> Wasn't it like Joe, Joe Girardi? How old are you? Very old. Yeah. Uh, they also returned 
Jesse Edwards, Benny Williams. That's Samir Torrance is another guy, but like, yeah, I, I'm looking at their roster. I see one, two, three, four, five, well. six, six freshmen. A lot of youngsters out of like their top like 12 guys. So very young team. I don't expect much from this year. Um, let's go to the next year. Yeah, I think if, if Benny Williams can, can break out, that would help them a lot. But he, he wasn't even very good last year. So, all right. Next year, we don't even have good football. It's Louisville and Georgia Tech. Louisville's going to be horrendous. Like, really, really bad. I think they'll be the worst team in the league. Okay. Jalen Withers, probably their best returning guy. He was a four-man. He averaged 10 a game as a freshman, and then he took a big step back last year as a sophomore. Uh, can he... Can he uh, flush the sophomore year and then take the sophomore breakout year after your freshman year? That was good. I don't know. L. Ellis, top tier name. He's a fifth year senior. He's literally the only returning guard. Is there? I've heard this joke one time where it's like, "Do you know why there's no B batteries? You know, like like double like A, triple A. There's no B batteries because like because if you ever, if you ever went to a grocery store and you're ever like ask like a person like an employee there like where's the b batteries they might just think you're stuttering and just ask and you're asking say, for the batteries of, like, you think do, do you think do you think that's how l l l l is like yeah so someone's like what what's the name and like they're just trying to say only the last name and they stuttered and they're like oh yeah now you're l ellis is l short for ellis is his name ellis ellis i hope it's like elbert or something let's see elbert isn't Elbert usually spelled with an A? Like Al. There's L. I think there's Elbert too. L. I only see L Ellis. I wonder. Well, I, I like... do think Louisville will be taking a lot of L's this year. So. There you go. Yep. The one guy that I am kind of intrigued to see if he can be something, and unfortunately he's not really in an environment where you're probably going to get to see much because the guards are terrible. Oh, that Brandon hey, hey, breaking news, breaking news. His father is Elbert. Ellis Jr. So L. Ellis might be the third. L. Ellis three. Yes. You could fit that entire thing on a jersey still. <laughs> you could actually put the word three, T R H R E E. It would still fit. The third. <laughs> Go on. I think Louisville is going to suck. How about Georgia Tech? I think they're going to suck. I, no more face masks for Josh Pastner. Now do, that do you think, gone, do you think no that's – So I feel like, uh, you know, uh, Jay Wright wasn't as good without a suit. Do you think Josh Pastner is not as good without a mask? Yeah, it was the source of his power. Exactly. So, uh, Jay, we're, we're going with these poor man comparisons here. Um, Josh Pastner's mask is a poor man's Jay Wright suit. Is it a poor man's or is it a homeless version's? Same. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's uh, there. I have no expectations for Georgia Tech. Um, so let's move on to the top three here. I will say this. Davion Smith, he averaged more shot attempts than points, but he is a literature slash mass communication major. So I'm rooting res- for him. You respect that? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So let's go Virginia right, here. Tier two. Yep. Virginia, get someone to notice us, win the league, maybe a tournament game. My expectations for Virginia are all season long. People are going to argue about who's better between North Carolina and Duke. And like, they are the two best, like 
eye test teams. But then somehow Virginia is going to do what they always do and and sort of let Duke and Carolina beat up on each other. And then Virginia is just going to slide under the radar and be the one seed for the ACC tournament. Yeah, they'll they'll actually win the conference. Yes, they'll win the regular season conference. That's what they always do. Yeah. They're always just, just they're they're like the they're like me in the game twenty one, where I I like let the other people like just tip each other out and then I try and score at the end. Yep. Yeah. They just that's never my take strategy. bad losses. They just kind of keep exactly. on. They just kind of keep on chugging along and nobody ever notices them. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're at the, they're at the front. Yep. But no, they returned Kihei Clark for I believe his ninth season in college Is that a basketball. Good or bad thing? I think it's a good thing. Okay. He's. It's an okay thing. It's a bad thing. Y- y- your look makes me just change my opinion. It's One like, of those options. It's up to yeah. you. You have your own opinion. I think it's an okay thing. It's nice having just a steadying force, a program guy. It's kind of like when the Twins signed Torrey Hunter back a few years ago. True. He's he's, yeah. he's a locker room guy, you know? Um, they should bring back the smoke machine. Twins haven't been good since they had the smoke machine. I didn't know they had a smoke machine. It was they would like dance. To, they had a smoke machine when they would like they would win games and they would dance afterwards with a smoke machine in the locker room. I remember one year. Do you remember Doug Mankavage, their first baseman? How could I forget? He uh he had like a lucky spot in the dugout where he would sit if it was like a ninth inning game, one run they they needed a run to tie or go ahead. He would yeah. be sitting on a towel in the same exact spot in their dugout. <laughs> I miss those good twins teams. <laughs> yes, just isn't the same. <laughs> yep. Uh, but no, they also return. They, they have a lot of guys returning bigs. They've got they Reese, Reese Bigman, Armand Franklin, Jaden Gardner, Caden Shedrick. All of those guys, plus Kihei Clark, who I already mentioned, have at least 20 minutes per game from a year ago. They also return Francisco Cafaro at 17 minutes per game. Um, ben Vonderplas comes over from Ohio. I think he's one of your guys, averaging 14 points per game and 35 minutes per game over there. Um, just a very experienced team. Very, I don't see, I see, there's, you have to go down to like their eighth guy to see someone who isn't like a junior or above. Like very experienced. They're all juniors and seniors. So I'm very high on this team. I could see, if I'm looking ahead to March to Selection Sunday, I see this team being like a four to five seed. Is that too high? No, I could see that. I mean, if they're going to win the ACC, they're probably in the mix for like a, a two to two to four seed, somewhere in that range. Yeah. The only thing I wonder is, I have a couple of things. I have I have a little questions on on a number of different guys. Reese Beekman, will the breakout finally happen? I think I thought the breakout was going to happen last year. He broke out in the sense that he might be the best. He might be the ACC defensive player of the year. Like he's a he's a high level perimeter defender, really really good on that end of the floor. Uh, will the offense take a step, you know, like, and he's never going to at Virginia, you're never going to average 18 points a game. You, there's, there's gotta be some sort of, some sort of uh, percentage, you know, like our transfer percentage numbers, like Virginia, basically whatever your score is, you multiply it by 1.3 or something. And that's what like a normal average would be. I think you know, it's more than that. I think it's like, Virginia, I, it's like, I, I think you're missing zero. a zero. You're missing a zero in there. It's like 10.3. Yeah. So if he yeah. averages 10 points a game, you'd actually average a hundred. Yeah. Where else? They, they just have a team full of Wilt Chamberlains, but on other rosters. I think if Virginia is going to be in that win the ACC, be a one seed, two seed, three seed type, I think Reese Beekman needs to be the best player on the team. I think Kihei Clark needs to not be kind of the main guy. And he's kind of been a little bit too much of the main guy. I think if Kihei Clark can be like what he was on that 2019 team where he was like the third guard. Yep. 
I, I think that's ideal, but I, that, that is dependent on Beekman taking that next big step. Can Jaden Gardner take another step in year two under Tony Bennett? He had a pretty good year coming over from the American. He came over from, was it like Tulsa or like Tulane or wherever he came from? He actually was okay last year for them. Can he take another step forward and be even better offensively? I think he will be kind of their go-to guy again. You know, he averaged like 16 a game last year. Mm -hmm. I like their depth as well with with Vanderplas coming in. That gives them some shooting off the bench. I love their big man duo with Shedrick and Kafaro. The two centers are are both solid, just big athletic dudes. And then they bring in four four four-star recruits. Isaac Trout's another kind of perimeter-based power forward who can shoot it. Leon Bond and Isaac McNeely are, are like top 65 kind of perimeter guys. The thing about Virginia, though, is like, I don't think Bennett particularly likes playing a lot of depth. You know, he I, I imagine, so I see like seven guys who are a main rotation guys, and I would imagine one of those freshmen will become a main rotation guy halfway through the year. Yeah, and, and I hope I hope they, I mean, they're never going to play fast, but I, I wish they would play a little bit quicker and up the tempo and play a few more of those guys because I do think some of those freshmen – could kind of unlock maybe a, a higher ceiling for this year. And also going forward, I feel like Tony Bennett's lost some freshmen in the past, some guys that, that you thought were going to be good players. And, you know, nowadays you don't get to rest. You don't get to sit freshmen during their freshman year. They want to play or they're out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see if he, if he, if he tries to sneak some minutes in with some of those freshmen a little more and expand the bench. Um, You know, they're going to be awesome defensively. You know, Beekman's really good on that end. Franklin's pretty good on that end. Shedrick and Kafaro both up front are solid defensive centers. They're not much of scorers, but they but they can really guard people. Can they can they score? You know that's that's the problem. They, their offense has just been horrendous, and I think it's big. It's big. Uh, it's a big, a big. Um, a, 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 Beekman is going to be an important piece for that. Like he's going to be the guy that I think if their offense takes the next level, he has to be a more impactful offensive player. All right. Should we move on to tier one? Tier one. This is a win the league slash win a title uh, expectations. Yep. So who should we start with here? Who who do you think will win the league? Virginia. Who do you think will win the ACC tournament? Florida State. Probably like Miami or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's usually, that is usually how it happens. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so dumb. Ugh. Um. Okay, who do you think will be higher seeded between these tier one teams? Duke. Okay, tell me why. Actually, I don't really know if that's true. I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them are one, two, three seeds. Yeah. You know? Let's just talk about Duke because they're stupid, and let's get them out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Here's my big question for Duke: Can this team shoot? And and maybe and maybe the the follow up to that is no, but do they have to? I, I guess I'm not sure. Maybe that's what we'll figure out right now in this little thought exercise. That's Can a fair follow-up. Yes. Uh, I see they, you know, they bring over Jacob Grandison from Illinois. Um, he averaged 45% from beyond the arc. They have Ryan. They've got Ryan Young listed here on a trans, as a transfer. They don't have him as a newcomer, which is weird to me. Where does he come from? Northwestern. Northwestern? Okay. Another guy averaged uh, – or never mind. I, I was looking at the field goal percentage. I He's saw 55. Guy. Yeah. But he, he – they're going to rely a lot on Granison from beyond the arc because outside of that, it's either Roach at 33% a year ago or any of the freshmen, which I don't think any of the freshmen incoming. Maybe is Philip Kowski known for being a stretch guy? 
Yeah, I think so. And then Jaden okay. Shutt, who is like a – he's the number 69-rated prospect at 247. Nice. He is dubbed a shooter. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's actually Jaden Shoot, or it should be. It should if he's a, If he's a shooter. If okay. not, you don't get that. No. Now, am I right? Is Dariq Whitehead – did he have like some sort of a minor surgery recently? Yeah, he, he had foot surgery in August. So okay. I'm curious. I, I, I'm assuming he's back. I'm, sure, I'm assuming he's back for like team activities and stuff. Okay. But, I mean, foot injuries are no joke, man. Like that's – that's serious. Yeah, and so, you know, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but Duke is going to rely on a lot of freshmen this year. A lot. I, I don't think they're as highly touted as last year's freshmen outside of Derek Lively. Like, they are all very good freshmen, but it's not like a year ago where they had Keels and they had Boncaro. And who's – they had another – I've already put last year's Duke behind my mind because they lost in the Final Four round. Um but no, lots of freshmen incoming who, and it's like so tough to just gauge this team going in. Like, especially when you consider like, what was it three years ago? They had a very high recruit or high ranked recruiting class. and They didn't make the tournament. That was what, two seasons ago. So it's tough to yeah. gauge this team until you get like five to 10 games in. Yeah, it is. It, it, I mean, I think they're going to be good. I mean, it's, it's hard not to be good when you've got four top 30 guys or five top 30 recruits. But I, it, it is just it's fascinating to me how this how Duke has how Duke has morphed into the get the biggest, baddest like post guys. They've done that now multiple years in a row. Like they are going to have. I mean, their front court last year was was kind of the catalyst for them, right? Bancaro and, and Mark Williams were terrific up front. I think Lively and Flipkowski have a chance to be maybe two of the best big guys in the country. I mean, I, I'm envisioning like lively from the little bit I've seen and from what I've read and heard, you know, I, I think Anthony Davis level kind of impactful defensive type of center. Like he's not going to be a, he's not going to be like a Bancaro who like you run your offense through, but he's okay. going to be a guy who just dominates a game averaging 11 points and seven rebounds. Cause he blocks three or four shots and is just kind of an anchor defensively. And Flipkowski, I think is probably dubbed the more college ready guy. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's more productive offensively. You know, he's a, he's a pretty good shooter as well, from what I've heard, and can handle the ball and, and make plays on the perimeter. Will he be a defensive guy, though? Can he hold up guarding kind of perimeter guys? I, I'm not really sure. I, I think that, that duo, though, is going to be tough. The guards, though, uh, they're going to be relying on Jeremy Roach a ton, and, and he had moments last year where he looked great. Other moments where it's like, I don't know. He's he's just kind of eh. Well, he but, basically willed them to victory and against, was it, Michigan they played in the second Michigan State played the in the Texas Tech game he was terrific that too cool. yeah he had some big games down the stretch during the tournament a year ago so maybe he can build on that he did I mean he's gonna have to I mean he's gonna be like the the one kind of veteran guy I mean Grandison I don't know he's he kind of fell out of the rotation at Illinois and, and I, I don't know if it was because he had some some nagging injuries or if Illinois just had better options but he's he's okay you know he's just kind of an okay piece he could shoot but if that's all he's going to be asked to do, I don't know. Is that is if he's going to be all that valuable? But um, you know, I, I think Tyrese Proctor and Derek Whitehead are two. They're two kind of highly rated perimeter guys. Whitehead, I know everybody is is blowing their load over as an NBA prospect. I'll be interested to see if he can actually be like. A, is he going to be a really good college player? Can he get exposed because he's not a great shooter? Same with Proctor. Proctor's a guy that people were really excited for. Like he was a top 10 type of type of guy for next year. Both those guys are reclasses. They're both like 18 years old right now. They're both very young. Um, That intrigues me because I I think they both are, they they have some really, 
not only are they freshmen, but they are like young, young freshmen. So I, I don't know if the extra like year, even even less, like they're going to be younger than even typical freshmen. I don't know. How does that, how does that impact things? When you have a young team like this, plus a young coach um, and a team with, with a significant hole in that they can't shoot. I am intrigued to see, I, I think when they look good, I think they're going to look really, really good. Yep. They're going to win. You know, they're going to play that, that first game of the year they play in, uh, in, uh, in the champions classic or whatever, they'll play somebody and they'll beat them. And like, people will overreact like crazy to holy shit, this Duke team. Wow. Josh better better than team. ever. Yeah. Yep. Better than ever. They're going to go undefeated and then they'll lose the next game to uh, Colgate, you know, or something like that. Like I do think, I think when they look good, they're going to have really big time peaks because of the athleticism. But I think when teams try to slow them down, just like last year's Duke team, I think they can get got a little bit. All right. All right. Let's toss it over to the last team on the list. And that is the North Carolina Tar Heels who, um, you know, we talked about their tourney run, run earlier in the show. We don't have to touch too much on that, but a team that was national runner up from a year ago, um, you know, had a 14 point lead at halftime and just gave it up within the first five minutes. So they definitely have some high expectations going into this year. They do return four of five starters from a year ago in RJ Davis and Caleb Love in the backcourt. Um, you know, we've talked about Caleb Love. A, a, extensively and just the ultimate um shoot you in games shoot you into games or shoot you out of games type of guy um rj davis much more of a steadying force there and kind of they kind of swap positions towards the end of the year where caleb love was the primary ball handler um through a lot of the year but then they kind of um put rj davis there and moved caleb love more off the ball and it kind of worked out for them um they do have leaky black returning as a super senior he is I mean, he's just a defensive guy. He's don't expect much offensive uh, production out of him. Average five points per game a year ago. And then the man in the middle uh, returning, who is, I'm not sure if they've actually announced this yet, but he will be ACC preseason player of the year. Um, average 16 points, 16 points and 13 boards on 56% shooting from a year ago. And, you know, who knows, depending, you know, there's that play with it within like the last 90 to 90 seconds to two minutes in last year's championship game where he rolled his ankle on a such a weird video. Do you remember that video? Like the, the court just buckling. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't happen, who knows how the national championship game finishes. Um, the one guy they do lose is Brady Manick, who averaged 15 points per game for them a year ago. And they replace him with Pete Nance coming over from Northwestern, a six eleven uh, red shirt senior, 49% from the field and 45% from three-point range. So, like, I don't know if they could have gotten a better replacement for Brady Manick than that. Another stretch four guy. Um, Pete Nance is definitely bigger than Brady Manick. So, you know, Brady Manick's downfall was, like, his defense. And so, and, like, just getting basically bullied around if he were to match up against the other team's five guy. I don't think that they'll have to worry about that if Pete Nance has to slide over to the five if Baycott's hurt or in foul trouble. Um, on the bench, Puff Johnson, Dontre Styles were their main rotation guys a year ago. They're both back. Um, you know, maybe a little more minutes from each of them. Puff Johnson did have a good game in that championship game, so maybe he can build on that. They do have a few freshmen coming in: Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, Tyler Nickel, Will Shaver. I wouldn't expect too much outside of maybe Seth Trimble and Jalen Washington. I could see Washington getting some minutes at the with the post spot because they do. They don't have the most amount of depth there. 
And then uh, Seth Trimble could just be a rotational guard. Um, and then another guard returning who didn't get a ton of minutes is DeMarco Dunn. Um, but no, my question to you, Biggs, is is this like a championship or bust thing? Or how do you like what are the fans' expectations going in? Are they going to be angry without a championship? I think it's final four or bust. I mean, all these guys basically came back for that reason. Oh, do you have any, <laughs> I know I, I sort of stole the mic for you as I do when we talk about North Carolina, but, uh, yeah, do you, you have anything you broke, to, down, you broke down like all 12 of the, of the scholarship guys there? I was like, Whoa, <laughs> okay. this is, is this your team or is this your team? It's very like if, if someone, if this was like the first episode someone listened to, they would easily be able to see who I'm a fan of. They would also think you're like an expert on call Like they'd be like, wow, this guy is like all about college hoops. Like he's, if they, he's on the nitty gritty. <laughs> if they started this recording at like an hour 20, they'd be like, oh, this guy, he knows so much about college basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my, my questions about Carolina are like the, 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 the one about the depth is obviously a big one because when they, when they made their run last year, it was iron five. They basically played six guys. Can the bench guys provide a little more? Um, can they find somebody to give them some production there? I, I would assume Puff Johnson and Dontrez Styles are your top bench guys, and then maybe Seth Trimble. Yep. But I think more than anything, and it's a question that really, I, I don't know if there's any way to really answer it, is how's this team going to handle being the hunted? They went on a run last year when they had hit rock bottom after getting their asses handed to them by like five Pittsburgh. different teams. They had just gotten yep. crushed, and it felt like they kind of came together. It was a team that the first half of the year was was very selfish looking, right? It looked like they were just kind of they were out for boosting the draft stock. All these guys are back in th- in theory because they want to win something bigger than themselves, but also probably in a sense because the draft stock still wasn't all that high. So how much how much are they worried about boosting the draft stock in addition to winning? If if the boosting the draft stock thing, or just kind of playing in a in a uh, me above we kind of way. I, I don't think this team is so talented that that it's just going to roll in and dominate teams. Nope. So I, I think if they if they think that that's going to happen because they went on a run in March, I'm worried that that it could backfire in a big way and the team could not be very good. And that's where I wonder if, you know, was their run last year to the title game a fluke is because I, I still think, I mean, they're talented, but I think there is that potential that it can, it got ugly. Right. There were times last year, there's, there was never a time where 11 seed UCLA was getting its ass kicked by like teams that just weren't good. Right. And Carolina has the ability to get destroyed by, by some teams. They have the ability to beat anybody. Yep. There, there's like the mental thing. And I don't know if that's something you can ever answer. And maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they answered it last year in the run to, to the championship game. They showed like, here, here is what we're made of. We grew. This is what it took. It took us a year and a half to figure it out we've got it figured out now. It's different. The expectations now you're ranked number one or number two. They're ranked in the top three. It's not going to be a, a cute North Carolina team that's kind of sneaking up on teams. So I don't know how they handle being the hunted is going to be interesting and, and how they handle taking a loss because they're going to lose, right? Teams are going to beat them. They're going to take losses at some point. How do they handle that? Do they, do they wilt and kind of fall apart last year? They didn't have, they, they didn't lose you know, until the championship game really. So it, it's it's psychology stuff really that I'm that I'm intrigued by because on 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 the court you see it the pieces fit pretty nicely and I think Nance will fit okay I don't think he'll fit as well offensively as he as Manic did but 
I think he'll fit fine. Yep. And I, I think the the rest of the guys, they kind of know their roles now. Everything, everything should be pretty solid. There should be no kind of questions. It's really just, do they, do they continue ascending like they did last year or do they fall back into some of the habits that I think they've, that have been ingrained in them? I'm specifically talking about the guards there mm-hmm. uh, in the first 19 years of their life. All right. So that's all 15 teams here. Let's get into some uh, all-conference teams here, Biggs. And much like the last few episodes, we'll do a draft style here, which when you pick your first guy, that is you picking your player of the year. So who do you have? I will take Armando Baycott. I knew you were going to do that to me. Knew you were going to do that. Uh, Let's see. I had to do it. I'm a bigger North Carolina fan than you. Who would be... (laughs) If not, I'm trying to figure out who would be, if not Armando Baycott, who would be player of the year? Um, I think you got three guys from Duke. You think so? Probably. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm trending here to where I'm just going to go. And this guy will also be, I'm just going to say he will be freshman player of the year. And so for that reason, when we get to that part, we have to pick two other guys. Okay. Okay. Like uh, but but Derek Lively. Uh, and then I got to... I like to get a guard at this point. Um, I'm just going to go. I've got two guys. I'm just basically going based off production here because I think they're both going to have a lot of production. Um, But we talked about him and how he's going to be mad because he didn't get as much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go Turkavian Turqu- Smith. Oh, wow. I didn't even have him on my list. Really? Yeah. He, he's, he might have 20 points per game, Biggs. Yeah, his team's going to be trash, though. So? That matter. matters on these on these all-conference teams, sort of. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right. All well, right. Well, th- there's two two guys from the same team at that position, but I can save one of those for later. Fair enough. Because you, you, you might pick one of them. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll take Kyle Flipkowski. I think he's going to be the most productive of the Duke Biggs. I think Lively's better, but I think Flipkowski will be the better scorer slash more on-paper production type. Okay. And I will take I'll take Dane Goodwin. I think he's another guy who could potentially be a player of the year mix type of dude at at, uh, at Notre Dame. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So who do I have so far? I've got Lively and I've got Turkavian. Um I'm gonna fill out the uh the trio of the Tobacco Road rivalry here. And I'm gonna go I'm going to say that Caleb Love is finally going to become more consistent this year. He might he might average, say, like 17, 16, something like that. Ah, it's going to be tough, though, with Baycott there. 15, but a lot more consistently. Um, so that's why well, I'm going to pick him. to a game in the tournament. I know, and it's ridiculous. And so I think he's going to build on that. Obviously, he didn't do good during the championship game. He's going to get that out of his mind. He's a very mentally strong player, I think. Um, so he's going to build on all that. And then the other guy, I'm going to get a stretch for in here. Um, I'm going to go PJ Hall from Clemson. Okay. I will take the I, I like my team so far. I like my team so far. I'm going to interrupt you just to say that. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You're a squad. Yeah. I'll take Derek Whitehead. Okay. I think there's a chance that he is, uh, I think there's a chance he's the freshman of the year in the conference. I think he will be Duke's leading scorer, assuming he's healthy. And I, I, I will take... I'm going to say I have my selection for the next one. I'm just worried you're going to pick him. I will take Reese Beekman. 
You did not pick my guy. I feel like we need to go with one more round. There's there's a lot of talent in this league. There is. I I feel like I haven't even taken half the guys in my in my thing here. I'm just like, wow. How how close were you to picking Matthew Cleveland? Close. Yeah. Because that was my guy. Was, that was he my was guy. Be the reason that I wanted another round. Oh, I kind of that's forgot my, about him. That's a solid roster for me. Kudos to me. Yeah, I do like Matthew Cleveland. Uh let's see here. This is our longest podcast yet, Biggs. I just want to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go. Uh, what do we have next? Freshman of the year. And yes. you basically covered all of them on your roster. I, so- <laughs> I took a lot of the dude freshmen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take uh, uh, I'll take JJ Starling as my freshman of the year. I think Notre Dame gets a did did what's his face? Did that kid win freshman of the year last year too? The Notre Dame kid. It had to have been a no. It was Paulo. Yep. Had to have been Paulo. Yep. Um, I think if it's not a Duke guy, then I think JJ Starling's the the pretty easy pick. Yep. I'm just gonna scroll through here and see if I can find someone who isn't a Duke player because right, Lively's obviously the obvious pick. Uh, Flipkowski's up there. Whitehead. But Deontay Green you, from Florida State. We, they are very Florida State-y. I could see um, him having a. I could see him being a beast. I don't know. Seth Trimble. No. <laughs> I'll go with the other Notre Dame guy just in case they do get it. We'll look really smart. Uh, ben Allen Lubin. Ooh, there's a name for you. There we go. Yes. That's one I won't forget that I picked them just because that name is so. Who was it again? So, so unique. Ben Allen Lubin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Lubin. Don't even know. No, that's not it. Um, Coach of the year. Who you got? Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. Uh, let's see here. Who do I? I'm going to go Mike Bray. I was thinking about him too. Yep. Mike Bray. So that is our prediction. Or does Hubert Davis make the make the charge after? Does he parlay some of the tournament success? If they go win the conference, would it just be Hubert Davis? And then they give it to him because they didn't give him to, it to him a year ago. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I can see they that. Annou- they, they announce it before. Is it like during the ACC tournament or before? I think or, it's before the ACC. T- it's yeah. like the end of the regular season, I think. Yeah. Where is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not Good sure. Either. But that's our ACC preview. We will be back next week for the SCC preview. Um, Just continuing on with these preview. This is the second greatest time of the year outside of the tournament time. Um, But no, see you back next week. Bye. Bye.